Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is pull. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. of the Computer Resume podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Actor, singer-songwriter, voiceover artist, the woman, the myth, the legend, the con artist herself. Oh yeah, and she's on a little show called uh, Star Trek Prodigy or something. I don't know. It's Bonnie Gordon, yay! Yay! Muppet flail arms. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, thank you so much for doing this. I know you are just uh before we rolled, you told me a little bit of what you have going on. <laughs> and around the holidays, I imagine it's even compounded. So thank you so much for taking the time out to sit with us and and talk about some Star Trek. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, that's all you have to do to get me to go anywhere. It's like, oh, oh, I don't know. I'm busy. Like Star Trek. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. So it's <laughs> it's pretty much uh you said the magic words. Oh, nice, nice. Well, sure. I have been uh I've been ever since ever since you uh, agreed to do the show, I've been singing your praises to my oh, lovely, thank you to my lovely wife, who I'm sure uh once we receive your uh album, uh con artist. Uh, from your very successful Kickstarter. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm oh, sure that... she's, she's just going to fall head over heels in love uh, even more. But <laughs> one, of, one of the things that I was uh, talking with her about that I really, really just got so tickled over. I listened to your interview with Women at Warp. Uh, oh, I love those ladies. Oh, man. What a great <laughs> show. Like, honestly, yeah, they're if, great. You're, if you're, if you, if you haven't picked a Star Trek podcast and this isn't your and you're not down for this go listen to women of war they're really awesome but one of the things you mentioned was uh when you worked at the star trek experience out in mm -hmm. vegas you got in trouble for doing a particular voice uh <laughs> as your character <laughs> and that's i mean I, I mean i didn't really get in trouble per se i just got like <laughs> It wasn't really, you know, I didn't get like written up or anything. It was more of just a, like, we're not mad at you. We're just disappointed, <laughs> you know, that kind of energy from my manager. Uh, you know, with with that job, it would be a continuous, like, you know, shows would go through every 15 minutes. We'd get a new audience uh, coming through right, uh, right. to the show because it was like a, you know, it was, you know, no pun intended, an experience. So yeah. you would walk through and it would you would go through um, the transporter room, the bridge, the turbo lift the shuttle but you know so you would meet different actors along the way yeah. and um a lot of us were in the same area for extended periods of time so we'd get every 15 minutes or so we'd get the next batch through and i you know to keep myself entertained and to entertain my other co-worker starfleet officers i would sometimes change my accents uh between you know audience dumps. right right yeah. right <laughs> so this it was a sort of a midwestern 
Yeah, I was like, oh, you're no longer in the, uh, you're no longer in the year 2008. You're in the future. You know, we got to get you to the bridge. And they were just like looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, Commander Raker, I have them, sir. You know, follow I, I, me to the bridge. You know, Ensign Thomas will take care of you in the turbo lift. You know, it was, oh, it was so uh, funny. We, it was the, something. I, I told the wife about that. And as we <laughs> left for the listeners, we're record. I'm recording from Ohio. We're at my wife's grandmother's home for the holidays. So we had a roughly eight hour car ride from South, from South Carolina to Ohio. And just every few, every few hundred miles, you know, or every few miles we would see a sign and I would do that. Oh, welcome to Starfleet. Oh, you're now entering Virginia. Look at that. Oh, the population here. Oh, <laughs> it got lowered a little bit, but we're still going strong, you know? Yeah. yeah oh, this yeah. is definitely an M-class planet. Yes. Oh, sure. Let's scan that for life forms, you know? Yeah. That type of thing. Oh, that's so uh, funny. I mean, I, I, I guarantee you there's still, there's the Midwest in the future, you yeah. know? Yeah, that every the you look the galaxy has to there has to be a Midwest of the galaxy, right? Of course, exactly. So there, yeah, absolutely. there's a Midwest of the Delta Quadrant. Of course, yes. Yeah, look if do, if Doctor Who can also sound like he's from the North, then then yeah, there's a Midwest of the galaxy for sure. For sure. <laughs> well, exactly. The, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, <laughs> your uh, your Captain Janeway voice is on point thank you so hardcore oh, i was i was listening to i was listening to that interview and when you got to that part where you started doing some examples of captain janeway and i i won't i, I don't want this to be a you know dance monkey you know i don't want i don't want this to be that <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good it's mm. such a strong it's such a strong impersonation mm. I was let like, me see if i can pull something out for you um <laughs> Uh, hello, I'm Catherine Janeway of the USS Voyager. Tuvok, uh, do it. <laughs> Chakotay, so get me a coffee. Black. Uh, it, she's just, it, you know, it's honestly just like a Catherine Hepburn impression, really. Yeah. Uh, their voices are so similar in cadence, and uh, that it has a it has a hint of that trans-Atlantic uh, accent that old Hollywood used to speak of, you know, like, yes, oh my God. I don't know, like, please just get, we have to get to the plane, you know, it's like that old Hollywood uh, uh, ah, sound. Yeah. And, and she, she has that just naturally in her voice, that natural transatlantic cadence to her voice. And it, it, it's very melodic and, but also very, very blunt and deep. And she yeah. goes down a lot and then she goes up. Yeah. I don't know. That, right. No, that, very that did much not in quite. charge, and uh, yeah, yeah, has that very commanding cadence of da, 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 you know, and yeah. yeah. Oh man, she also when she talks, sometimes she she softens a little bit around, like she's still sharp with it, but kind of she can soften it up a bit. And but yeah, it's it's um it's very Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, uh, oh, I gosh, feel it's yeah. a mix. And honestly, I don't really think I'm <laughs> like when I say I do a Janeway impression, I think I'm just doing like a really bad Catherine Hepburn impression and, and no <laughs> one's caught on yet. So but yes. I, I did get to do scratch for her in Prodigy, yeah. which was wonderful. That's so great. Yeah. I, uh, so a uh, little story about me. I used to work. Uh, I used to work in law enforcement. My first job in law enforcement, I was a guard at the county jail. Uh -huh. and it was a massive, massive facility. And multiple buildings, multiple floors for every building, officers and inmates everywhere, everywhere. 
we had a sergeant who I, I don't do a lot of impressions, but my sergeant, uh, our supervisor, I could do a pretty solid impression of him. So I oh, would, nice. ca- I would call on the radio or on the phone, different rookie officers and ask them to bring his name was Sergeant stone, yeah. bring Sergeant stone, the, you know, uh, hand, the th- uh, 15 pairs of handcuffs. And, oh, geez. Or, you know, like, five, <laughs> like random. Five, things, yeah, yeah. Just random things, just random things. Mm-hmm. And these rookie officers would show up in the, in his office with all this stuff. (laughs) You just called for all this. No, I didn't. (laughs) So I, so all that to say, um, I hope at some point you may get the chance to send something to someone else's dressing room or to a stage or something. Well, Kate, Kate called and she said, you know, to bring this bucket of cream cheese. So I did. I need all green M&Ms. Pronto. <laughs> Only the green ones, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's if there's so- any other color, is that if there's any other color in there, you will be demoted. <laughs> <laughs> that goes for you, Ensign Kim. <laughs> and that goes for you. Ensign Kim, there's no more demotion for you. <laughs> Just no more promotion either. You you, you won't yeah. even have a bunk. We're just Aww, going to we're going to we're going to tether you to the outside of the hall and just drag you behind. Oh dear, no. <laughs> oh, that, that pick up that I, clarinet and get to work, and so. <laughs> That's so great. Well, um, so you you mentioned that kind of when you mm. sort of got the job is when you, I mean, you were familiar with Star Trek a little bit before, but once you got the job, you did you deep dove on most of it right. that's kind of where the where you mostly fan, next fan. generation yeah. uh, is when is that's when that's what started it and then and then i started watching the other star trek series um a little bit later on you know and, and it's weird because i wish i had discovered it sooner i feel like my appreciation of working at the star trek experience would have been 10 times more um if i had a, a love for it like i do now you know, ah, yes, of course. <laughs> For me, it was such a fun job. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved the job so much and I had such a blast doing it. And it was such a fun time and, and incredible people to work with. And, you know, what a fun work environment to work on a spaceship, you know? Yes. But, oh. but now knowing what I know now about Star Trek and the, what's sort of looking for the respect that I have for it now and like the knowledge of the fandom that I have. Yeah. I, uh, I think I would, it's not, it wouldn't just be like, oh, I get to, for, you know, for a fun side job, work on a spaceship for the day. No, for a <laughs> side job, I get to work in Starfleet. You know, like it would be, it would mean so much more to me now. Yeah, yeah. As with all I that- knew then what I know now. Of course. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> if we, only. Uh, yeah, we just had, uh, we just recorded our uh, a bonus episode for the holidays, a uh, little peek behind the curtain here, where we essentially did a fantasy draft, kind of like, you know, fantasy sports, fantasy football, whatever. Oh. But we did a fantasy draft with the Star Trek characters. And I had three other, uh, uh, some other uh, frequent guests, and we all did one big Zoom and we did a draft. So we drafted you know, different captains for different, uh, you know, and different first, uh, first officers and stuff. So we got all these really fun combinations of characters that, you know, it's like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. And of course the fans on uh, Instagram are going to vote and that's how we're going to determine who wins. Um, but since you're you're creating your own fan fiction, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. But uh, if you had to, you know, because the standard questions I ask are like, oh, you know, who's your captain, blah, 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 blah. But like, if you had to piece together your ideal 
crew based on Jeez. you know the shows and stuff like that I'll, I, I'll be, I like who's your captain <clears throat> who's your favorite doctor oh man oh okay okay let's go all right here we go um i, I well, see, Sean Luke Picard's amazing. I love him so much, but yeah. I, I gotta go Janeway. I gotta go Janeway. Yeah. Um, I love Data. Data's on my crew, no matter what he is. Uh, yes. he, he's yes. gonna be whatever officer you want to put him in. <laughs> take him. Oh, first officer. Ooh. Um, I got it. I'm gonna take Spock. And take Spock. Nice. I'm gonna take. Um. So let's see. Janeway, Spock, Data. Mm -hmm. Ooh. It's kind of tricky because like the Scotty, next gen crew was so had so many all strong. skills. They were so I strong. love I love Jordy LaForge, but I you know, yes. I feel like I really can't sit back and in uh enjoy a glass of whiskey with him, so I'm going to go with Scotty. <laughs> it's uh, you know, nice. we're going to represent the Highlands, the Highlanders and and get some nice Scottish whiskey in, in on the ship. Aye. Let's see. All right, let's see. Oh gosh, this is hard. Okay. Okay. Let me think. You know, uh, just randomly as a morale officer, I'm going to have Neelix on board just because I don't think he gets enough love. Okay. But, you know, just, enough, just to hang enough. out. He can hang out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? He can hang out with Guinan. Guinan's going to be in my. Uh, nice. Yeah. I, my, I mean, you've, you, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you've worked service industry at least a little bit. Well, um, not necessarily. I No? Never the, waited the, tables I, or anything? Uh, the one restaurant I worked in a long time ago, uh, I was singing in, so, uh, but so I was a hostess okay. and, and, and you would get up and sing the ho all the wait staff would sing as well, but I guess I was too clumsy to actually wait a table. So they made me a host. Uh, oh. I, I, I have been a cocktail waitress before, but again, that's another clumsy See, aspect of my life that it was I, very short lived. I've always wondered how Quark would interact with Guinan, you know, being that the two Ooh. of them were the bartenders. You know, because working in close quarters like that, I'm sure, uh, you know, we may see some some of them rub off on each other. And that would be, I think that would be really interesting to see. Who, uh, yeah. Ooh, it's tough. Who, this is who, real hot. who would, if you had to, and then we'll move on. What it's, uh, what's your, uh, who's your chief medical officer? Just out of curiosity. This seems to be a hotly contested topic oh, on Instagram. Oh, right? Who do you man. go with your CMO? I love the doctor. I love the doctor. I love Robert Ricardo. So great. Right? Beverly Crusher's amazing. And also yeah. I feel like she could be my mom, but yeah, got to go with, I got to go with the doctor. Really? Plus, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. We're, yeah. Plus we can sing duets together. There you go. Yes, yeah. of course. Oh, that makes so much sense. I went mm -hmm. with, uh, I went with Bones McCoy just because I, there's something I love about like the old country doctor who's just kind of like, all right, we're in, or you know, who could do brain surgery while taking fire, just you know, yeah, all right, we're he gonna was, fix you. You're awesome. gonna be fine. <laughs> you know, re-watching some of the original series, I know it was so ahead of its time, but there was a lot of problems with it still, and a yeah, lot of the pro yeah. a lot of the issues with it were a lot of his lines too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. So I think that's one of the only reasons why I was like, ah, Bones can sit this one out. I do love one of my favorite things about original series is the relationship between Bones and Spock. Yes. Um, I feel like that relationship is so well done especially when they you know uh they really got to play with it in 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 the movies yeah um you know search you know after wrath of khan and search for spock um it, you really got to explore uh their relationship and the actual respect and love that they have for each other even though they never show it and they just pick on each other the whole time yeah and uh star trek 4 voyage home is my favorite star trek movie Nice. from the originals good choice oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh it, those some like they just have some of the best lines you know 
I was I was so happy. Like what to what, see. what was the one where he was like I liked him better when he was dead or something? You know, it was just like <laughs> little things like that. It's just so funny. Yeah, it's some well, of the the lines. I loved seeing uh, that. Um, that Simon Pegg was able to work so much of that into the script for Star Trek Beyond. And yeah. there, that that relationship translated and translated so well between uh, Carl Urban and... Um, I felt in Star Trek Beyond, um, the actor who played Bones, I think that's one of the, but like, un- yeah. hands down, he nailed it. Like, I, when I was watching the movie, I forgot. I, was, I forget that yeah. someone, you know, basically not doing an impression, you know, putting his own take on it, of course. But Just that I, sort felt of like, I felt like... Rough- a lot of the casting was really well chosen, yeah. but honestly, Bones, I felt, I felt like they hit that one the best. Yeah, yeah, they really did. I, I think yeah. he's such a, he's such a nuanced character because he is. Damn it, Jim. Yeah, yeah, he's got the damn it, Jim, and then he's, you know, this old country bumpkin doctor. But like, I, the, or he's got the country bumpkinness to him, but then he's also like a extremely capable doctor like so he's oh, obviously sure. very very smart and so i mean that yeah i don't uh i don't know that it was ever really as explored as well um you know i, I we've been talking about that a lot with enterprise you know speaking of uh what we're going to be discussing oh yeah today. we've gotten to a couple of episodes uh here we are kind of at the end getting towards the end of season two of enterprise and we've seen where everybody's gotten a little bit of screen time but we know down the road that unfortunately we're not going to get as much screen time with some of these characters as we would like. Mm-hmm. And uh, Travis Mayweather happens to be one of my favorite characters. I personally, I think he's the best helmsman in Starfleet. Like he's, okay. he is awesome. He's so uh, cool. I'll make a, I'll make a quick uh, rebuttal and say that Ensign Lark Sage is the best. And uh Lark Sage, I'm drawing a blank. Uh-huh. Yeah, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know who it is. So I was okay. on a Star Trek R- TTRPG show on oh, Geek and Sundry okay. yes, called Chill yes. of Tomorrow, <laughs> and my character uh, Lark Sage was the helms woman of right. of the USS Sally Ride, and uh, I will say I I uh, I flew us through some pretty intense situations. Nice, nice. Not uh, only yeah. that, she's quite the engineering genius, but. Uh, it's probably one of my one of my favorite characters I've ever created, and as well as got to play. And oh, it's awesome. it's all on YouTube. If y'all you want to check it out, it, there's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot. Yeah, a lot I, to watch and listen to. But honestly, I feel like we did. You know, kudos to our our GM Eric Campbell for creating a real. I feel like a real Star Trek show. Yeah, I felt yeah, like everyone was so well played all the characters worked well together yes. and instant lark sage she was oh i like it's been years since i've gotten to play her and yet i think about her all the time because oh. she was just so much fun very <laughs> a lot of let to give you an example of how her character was uh, a lot of uh instantilly energy like the quirky okay. socially awkward like uh, you know um has anybody reached out to um anybody from that crew has anybody reached out to star trek timelines to get those characters translated into playable version no, of the game. Um they are we are mentioned um in the Star Trek Adventures core book, I believe. The USS Sally Ride is a part of that. Cool. So technically we are, I think, in Star Trek Canon and Star Trek Online. Nice. Um our science officer, uh, uh that was Elisa Pearl played our science officer. Um they made her captain, I think, in Starline. You can find her captain. One of our NPCs was included in Star Trek Online. And um with in regards to Ensign Lark Sage, if you in your inventory have a Tribble 
and it's placed next to uh, cream soda getting from the replicator. Yeah. Uh, I believe it'll turn into an a lark stage triple. I, I, I'm not quite sure how it works. But uh, something with some inventory with a triple and a cream soda, because my character would always drink cream soda. And then you'll get a Lark Sage triple, which is a triple with kind of like my reddish hair color with a Bajoran <laughs> earring. And if you, I think if you pet it, it snorts, snort laughs. Oh, that's so, so uh, funny. I'm, I, I'm a triple. I'm a triple. Nice. Yeah. So uh, with Enterprise, you know, uh, I've mentioned before that, you know, people have a lot of uh, very strong opinions on Enterprise, uh, good, bad, whatever. Uh, how, you know, in the, in your fandom, uh, for Star Trek, where does enterprise sit? Where, how does it rank with, with everything else that's out there? Sure. Well, what's crazy is I saw a lot of enterprise, um, before I got into Star Trek, cause it was while it was airing, I'd be like, Oh, what's this? And not realizing it was Star Trek, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so then later when I did get into Star Trek and I started watching some of Enterprise, I'd be like, oh, oh, wait, I've seen this. But I thought it was like some random sci-fi show uh, that was not Trek related because, you know, right. it's so different from what you would associate with Star Trek in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be honest, you know, feel free to take my nerd card, but I haven't seen all of Enterprise. I've, I've seen most of it. I have seen the episode that we're talking about today, so that at least helps. Uh, it's been a while, but I have seen that. But at the same time, I I'm at the state where I want to do a rewatch of Star Trek in cry, cry chronological order of the timeline. Nice. And I think I'm going to start, uh, and because Enterprise is still one that I'm not as familiar with, which I think that actually, I've heard that that's the case with a lot of people who are really into Star Trek, that for some reason, Enterprise just kind of got put off to the side and never they never really got into it fully. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be doing a rewatch. It's something that I wanted to start with as soon as the new year around the holidays happened. And I want to, I want to, you know, give it a second chance and be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this all the way through and, and really commit to it, especially since on my new solo album, I'm doing a Star Trek medley and I'm, I'm including the enterprise theme. So I want to make sure that when I sing it, I sing it with the love and respect that it deserves. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, you know, speaking of things that you're singing, I got a bone to pick with you, you know, uh -oh. here we are middle of the Christmas holiday season and doggone it. I happen to pull up YouTube and, <laughs> and, and watch, uh, now you have the bridge Spock and it's definitely stuck in my head and will be for the rest of the holidays. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. That's a song. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I sing in a comedy parody band with my dear friend Xander Genere and, we do have quite a few Star Trek songs actually in our repertoire, but we only have one music video um, to our one of our Star Trek songs. The music videos, you know, they do they do take a lot of time and budget, so uh, we oh, don't yeah. have as many as we want. But if you check out, we, you know, our music's up on iTunes, Spotify, Bandcamp, all of the above, and you can check out. Um, we have a nice one of my favorite songs on our new album. Our newer album is uh, Klingon which is to Aerosmith's Dream On. Oh, and it's, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> yeah. So if you're uh, a Klingon fan, I think you'd, you'd definitely love our, our nice. love letter to the Klingon nation. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, you know, you mentioned your love for, um, for TNG. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you're more on the uh, liking Enterprise as opposed to not. Because Yeah, I mean, again, it's 
it's, it's Star Trek. It's Star Trek. And that's yeah. and that's what I a lot of people, you know, a lot of naysayers on all the new Trek that's coming out, you know, people that aren't fans of Picard or Discovery or Lower Decks, Prodigy, whatever. You know, there's a lot of people who are just like, no, oh, it's not my Star Trek, you know. And for me, I'm kind of like, we're getting new Star Trek. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a Trekkie. What a time to be a nerd. Come on, yes. people. Oh. It's the same thing with Star Wars. You know, so many people have so many opinions about the new Star Wars movies. And I'm like, we're getting more Star Wars. Yeah. Can everyone just please <laughs> sit out and... You know, oh. and they're not bad. They're, you know, people are just mad that it's not what they particularly wanted. It wasn't their idea of what where the story should go. And it's like, well, that's your problem. You know, like it's not your property, <laughs> sir. You know, sit down. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah. It's, I, you know, I, I'm a big, uh, well, seemingly, seemingly everything you just mentioned, but I'm a huge <laughs> uh, Batman fan as well. And oh, yeah. uh, as I've gotten, because I was. Uh, I was born in 83. So 1989's Batman, Tim Burton just kind of like, you know, melted my world. And then the, you know, after those first two movies was, was the animated series, which Mm -hmm. was fantastic. Still still to this day is one of the best uh, versions of Batman. Um, Mm -hmm. But all that to say, I was, I was always kind of uh, very, uh, I was definitely a naysayer of earlier versions of Batman. But as I got older, you know, I got into the, um, the 60s, the Adam West Batman and um, you know, and even ventured into the serials from the, from the forties. Um, oh. You want to talk about some problematic dialogue? Um, but, oh dear. No, thanks. I popped one in and was just like, Oh, you know, let's, you know, let's look at this old version of Batman. And I was like, Oh, I'm glad no one else is here to hear this <laughs> anyways. But uh, you know, under, you know, seeing that, there's people that the Joel Schumacher Batmans were someone's is someone's favorite Batman. Mm-hmm. The Adam West is someone's favorite, you know, and oh, of course, they, same thing with Star Trek. You know, there are hardcore 66 Star Trek folks or, you know, for folks, uh, you know, my age, you know, we were raised on Picard. So it's kind of mm-hmm, like that's mm-hmm. our crew. But now we're getting we're getting so much more Trek for a wider audience, both of, um, you know, in nature and in age. And it's, it's so great. This is, it is. <laughs> this is what, such a great thing. What's so special too, about some of the newer Trek too, it is very big on diversity, yes. which I think, um, you know, again, Star Trek has always been pushing the envelope when it comes to that, but yeah. now it's actually, now I feel more people from more walks of life are feeling represented in yeah. the Star Trek universe. And not only that, you know, with with um, the new release of Star Trek Prodigy, you have kids watching yes. Star Trek, and it's and it's such a great introduction to Star Trek. You know, it, it, you don't have to know anything about Starfleet or Star Trek in general to enjoy it. Yeah. And now kids are watching it, going, "I want more. Where do we see more?" And and parents are pulling, you know, Next Gen and Voyager and showing their kids this, and kids are enjoying it. And it's their introduction to a world that we love and want them to be a part of. And there's just no way to introduce them to it until now. And I feel like that's really special because if you start a kid on, you know, something like next gen or, you know, it it might, it really might not just grab their attention until they start to love the world. And when they start recognizing things about the universe, then it becomes part of, you know, their vocabulary, their, their common knowledge. When you throw it all at all at once without any way to, you know, 
walk them through the door yeah i feel it can be a bit overwhelming and that's with anyone i you know i have a lot whenever i meet people who have who aren't into star trek one of the reasons why is because they feel so overwhelmed there's so much of it like i don't even know where to start and i'm like that's okay yeah i get it like it's a lot you know when i think about doing a rewatch i'm like oh gosh that's like a year of my life you know (laughs) (laughs) um but no it's you have to realize that it's um it's I don't know. It's it's one of those things where if if you run into gatekeepers, you know, it can shut you off from it really quickly. And that's with every different fandom. Right. Well, you know, that that goes back. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That goes back to, you know, I did an introductions episode even before episode one of this podcast dropped. And one of the big things that I was like, hey, look, one of the things that this podcast is going to focus on is no gatekeeping of any sort of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a and, big problem. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to, you know, talking about being able to introduce different groups of folks to Star Trek, I think now is such a great time because when you look at, and we've touched on this a couple of us in a couple of episodes that we've done so far, but here to mm-hmm. reiterate, just because this is such a great conversation to have, you got the, the original Star Trek in 66, 66 to 69, mm-hmm. which was a very interesting time because at the time in our, in real world history, a lot of things weren't happening in the real world that were happening on the bridge of the start on, on the bridge of the enterprise. You had an African-American woman who literally had the captain's ear for the entirety of the show. You had a Russian yep. sitting next yep. to a Japanese yep. pilot that i mean this was right not far yeah. from, removed from world War unheard II. of yeah yeah and then you know you get into the late 80s early 90s which presented its own set of uh unique circumstances in real world history now the enterprise has a therapist and things are starting to get mm-hmm. explored about you know the you know while we're taking the journey without we're also discovering the journey within mm-hmm. and you know now uh well I'll, I'll hold off on now but enterprise which is, you know, the newer of the TNG era um, started, it's 20 years old. It started like two weeks after 9-11. It started at a very specific point in time. And we Mm -hmm. were, and, you know, as we've been doing the rewatch for this show, we're seeing like, oh, there are still some very problematic things, you know, Mm -hmm. on production side. And, you know, uh, some dialogue is like a little touchy here. But, you know, they're also exploring some other things too. So, yeah. When you get to the era that we're in now with all these wonderful new Star Trek shows with the mm-hmm. diversity that you mentioned in front mm-hmm. of and also behind the camera, um, I think this is so great because, you know, there was that scene in Discovery where Adira, um, and, and I don't remember the specific um, quote that she says, but she essentially asks um, Paul Stamets to refer to her as them. As them. Mm-hmm. And his response was just, okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, it's yeah. that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and exactly. I, and I've had, you know, working in comedy, uh, you know, I've had friends who are, uh, who transitioned or are transitioning and, um, and please excuse me if I don't use the correct vernacular, uh, but no, it's okay. I always, you know, whenever I would, if I was the host and would have to introduce them, it was always, Hey, make sure you say they, them, right the correct pronouns yeah the correct pronouns use the correct pronouns it's it's something that you know i'm so glad that um different shows like that are are showing that and and here's something what's really special is star trek prodigy 
uh, the, the character Zero is Medusin, which is a non-comporable uh, non being, yes, yes. meaning they also go by they, them. They're, they're, they even say it, you know, when they, I think one of the characters says, you know, he, and Zero goes, I'm not a he nor a she. I'm a, I'm Medusin. And it's such an interesting thing to introduce kids to at such a young age that it, it, now with them seeing something like this, they're going to grow up with it not being a big deal. And that's the way it should be yeah. to, to where I feel like we're going to slowly start just, you know, people can just be who they want to be and, and, and um, be able to um, live their life as who they truly are as a person and not what society wants to conform them to. And I feel like that's really beautiful. I feel like Star Trek has always kind of pushed the envelope in that direction. And I feel like now we're actually getting to that point where society is ready to also accept it. You know, uh, and again, Star Trek, you know, say what you will about the problems that it had. Every sh every Star Trek show had issues yeah. with whether it be characters, dialogue, everything of sure. we're like, oh, that's a little taboo or not so much. Right. Um, um, but they really did push the envelope at where they are, where they were in, in history at that time. Yeah. And that's what I love about the franchise, really. They, and, it, and also it gives us it gives us a little kernel of hope because if you look at every star trek series it, it did happen at a, at a moment in history where you know you know end of world war ii and and vietnam war and then you know and then this happened like the 60s then you keep going and and you get you know to like you were saying 9 11 where enterprise was just starting but you but you see like all these things through history where um it gives us that hope of of a federation where no actually we will this is what we can obtain to be yeah. and i think that's what's missing from a lot of sci-fi franchises it's not about big star you know ship battles and this this, and that it's about the unity of working together as different species and ex exploration and discovery and they make it work and yeah. i love i love that that's the message behind star trek and, yes uh, absolutely yeah. and it's not and, it, and yes it doesn't happen overnight it's no, a no. it's a long road getting from there to here <laughs> no no todd <laughs> I'm I am logging out of this podcast. It is lovely, <laughs> lovely not doing a recap with you. Goodbye. But no, I, I understand what you're saying. And it, it's true. And I also, again, I keep going back to this, but being a part of Prodigy and a part of a show that is introducing that younger generation to this franchise and, and, and doing it in such a way that it's so, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet. It's Prodigy? Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it's yeah. so... No. Um, yeah. diverse the characters have so much heart they all come from different walks of life and different backgrounds and uh and, and knowing what i know about the show too i can't wait for viewers to see what happens no. throughout because it's <laughs> it's so important it's so important yeah because the I, messages that are that are taught through the show yeah i you know in looking at everything that's um that again i'm i'm with the masses i've only seen the, <laughs> the first the first you know the first chunk of episodes that's out already mm -hmm. and yeah. it's uh it's such a fun series and we'll we'll get to star trek prodigy we'll we'll talk a little yeah more sorry we keep we sip we keep digressing to different no, things or <laughs> different tangents i have adhd we should go back to the recap I sorry it's uh, well it, quick story is i met somebody in the real world who was like hey i've started listening to your show and i was like oh thank you very much he goes yeah it's only kind of about star trek and i was like yeah that's fair <laughs> we diverge a lot but yeah. um you know the great thing about prodigy and, and then we will we will move on but um it's it's like you said 
these kids are learning are learning about Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Like every show thus far has always been like, and here we are in Starfleet. And this is kind of, you know, and again, with the voice of Catherine Janeway, you know, who, who you know, I've, I've related the different captains to different type, different archetypes. And I've always mm-hmm. seen, I've always seen uh, Kirk as the pirate. And I've always seen okay. Picard as more the soldier sailor. Um, Benjamin Sisko is very much, uh, I mean, quite literally on the show, uh, father. You know, he's mm-hmm. very much a father figure. But I have, you know, and so everybody. And then there's has, Janeway. There's Janeway, which she a lot of gets people, done. <laughs> well, I always look at her as the shepherd. And ah, she, yeah. No, she is, you know, whatever happens, whatever wolves, whatever storms, I'm going to get the flock home. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a great with, analogy. I like the, that. Thanks. With the odds stocked, with the odds heavily stacked against her, she mm-hmm. came through flying colors. But yeah, you know, looking at, you know, when these kids are being taught all this stuff with, you know, the voice of Catherine Janeway or the voice of Kate Mulgrew as Captain Janeway. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's so I mean, just that part where she pulls up the holograms of like, and hey, here, here it is. It was just kind of like, I am not going to start crying watching this. It's powerful, <laughs> it especially, is. especially knowing that, you know, this is, you know, young children's first introduction to it. Yeah. You know, that's been my favorite part is seeing the reaction, uh, you know, the parents tweet, tweeting and, and sharing, you know, on Instagram and other social media oh. platforms, uh, like videos of their kids, you know, just glued to the television, watching, you know, the introduction about Starfleet or, you know, repeating back, you know, lines or saying like, you know, Janeway, you know, different, different things like this reacting to, that's to the so characters cool. and, yeah. you know, or them putting on an episode of Voyager and the kids recognizing Janeway and like getting into it because they recognize a character that they feel connected to. It's like, we've done it. We've, we've found the way to bridge the gap that's so um, great. because so many kids are into the star, you know, the battles and the, this and the, which is fine too. And uh, of course, uh, Prodigy is very action packed. Most of Star Trek is as well. But really, it's about that unity, uh, yeah. that message of unity. And I love that they're seeing that in Prodigy, there's not one human among them. Janeway's a hologram, a, yeah. technically a human hologram, but there's not one human on the crew. It's all different alien species from all different walks of life, and they're all very different, and kids yeah. need to see that. So anyway, okay, back to the recap. Let's Yes. Let's- so, uh, you know. Sorry, just- everyone. That was my fault. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I this is this is such a fun episode because a lot of people think this is super controversial whereas i think this is probably one of the best uh connector episodes this is something that connects this show to a different era this connects enterprise mm-hmm. to the tng era without further ado let's get into this week's recap spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert previously on star trek in his nightmares, he can see them. In his mind, he can hear them. Look, Judas. In his soul, he can feel them. I've just received report from Deep Space Five. Long-range sensors have picked up. Yes, I know. The Vorg set a course for Earth. Maximum warp. Now. In Earth's darkest hour, he must fight them again. Captain, Earth. Life signs? Population approximately 9 billion, 
Old Borg. How? Time travel. He went back and assimilated Earth. Changed history. I must follow them back. Repair whatever damage they've done. But this time, they must travel to the past. April 4th? 2063. The best day of the year! You're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Not again. The line must be drawn here. It looks like the control deck's 26 up to 11. Mr. Data and I are returning to the ship. must activate the auto-destruct sequence. You want to destroy the ship and run away, you coward. If you were any other man, I would kill you where you stand. Let's rock and roll! Destroy them. Watch your future's end. Our shields and our weapons are gone. Resistance is futile. Perhaps today is a good day to die. the Enterprise, not to the Borg, not while I'm in command. Star Trek, first contact. 90 years later on UPN. UPN next Wednesday, a startling discovery on Earth leads to Enterprise's first battle with the ultimate enemy, the Borg. You will be assimilated. We've been boarded. Resistance is futile. I've been infected. They set us up. An all-new Enterprise, Regeneration, UPN next Wednesday at 8. A team of researchers discovers remains of a crashed spaceship in the Arctic Circle, finding two humanoids with cybernetic implants frozen in the wreckage. Hmm. The bodies are taken to a nearby compound to be studied. Treat yourself. The scientists marvel at the nanoprobes that begin to repair the long-dead aliens. Uh-oh. One of the seemingly dead subjects attacks the scientists, assimilating them. Preach yourself. Using scavenged parts from the wreckage of the Borg ship to enhance the transport. Treat yourself. They escape into space, upgrading it with a faster warp drive and weapons. Admiral Forrest orders Enterprise to rescue the kidnapped researchers. They soon receive a distress call from a Tarkalian freighter, and they arrive to discover the ship under attack from the enhanced transport. Archer tries to disable their weapons, but the ship jumps to warp speed. Archer brings the survivors to sickbay. Treat yourself. And finds their situation reminiscent of a Zephram Cochran story he remembers. The assimilated crew soon awaken, and in the ensuing melee, Doc Flox is infected with nanoprobes. You're part of the treat yourself team now, okay? They escape, and Reed then finds them modifying the ship's systems, and learns that the Enterprise's phase pistols are ineffective against them. Archer, left with no other options, orders the section to be depressurized. Reed then begins upgrading the pistols. Preach yourself. While Doc Flox treats himself with Omicron radiation to destroy the nanoprobes. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna... I'm gonna treat myself. Thanks, you guys. Enterprise again catches up with the transport, but the recent modifications suddenly activate and shut down weapons and propulsion. Soon after, the aliens hail Enterprise and say, You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. In response, Archer and Reed board the ship with upgraded pistols, plant explosives, and beam out. Trip troubleshoots the alien modifications, thereby restoring main power to Enterprise. Treat yourself. With the transport crippled, Archer realizes the altered crew members are too far gone and orders the transport's destruction. 
Later, a recovering Phlox informs Archer that while infected, he kept hearing a repeating numerical sequence. Earth's coordinates sent somewhere into the Delta Quadrant. There's coffee in that nebula. T'Pol states it would be almost 200 years to reach its destination. The best day of the year! But Archer remains troubled. I, I still don't know what's happening, so what's happening? Treat yourself! Not an answer to my question. Oh my god, read the cake! Still unclear. Tell you what, what's happening. Treat yourself! It's the best day of the year! So, with this, we see that, uh, you know, the events that happen in Star Trek First Contact mm-hmm. have created this ripple effect. That mm-hmm. by going back in time, uh, spoilers for Star Trek First Contact, it's almost 30 years old. Just <laughs> if you haven't seen it at this point, it's your fault. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when they shoot down the ship, you can actually see a couple chunks flying off towards the North Pole. And this is the outcome of that, which a lot of people seem to have a problem with the Borg appearing and like this. What What are your thoughts on, first of all, well, let's... Uh, how do you feel about First Contact? Did did you like I it? I love First Contact. Yeah, it's, oh, I it's love great. First Contact. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, I think I I can see why people would have a little bit of trouble with it because it's like okay, you go back in time, you can it basically you've changed the timeline where the Borg are now appearing in Enterprise. So, but so then why aren't there any records of them when Picard first seizes them? You know, I guess uh, timey wimey wibbly wobbly. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's hard. It's hard to you know. Or why would you know? Why would you not have any recollection of the Borg then in in future series? Because mm-hmm. if Enterprise has contact or sees them and has them on record, then you know. And also having them sending a message, even though it takes two hundred years to get to their destination, you know, I feel like Starfleet would be aware of this, yeah, <laughs> uh, in some capacity. So it it did it does you know if they're gonna change it completely, I feel like they should have maybe covered their tracks a little bit better to where. There was no whatever happens caused the Borg to be erased from right. the records in a sense that that way when Picard does see them for the first time when Q you know does this little whoopsie doodle thing yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit more um, like uh oh you know it makes a little yeah. bit more sense but I, I get it I do like that they did that though because it does show how clever the writers are when it comes to linking different um, worlds. I guess I should say series together and, and bringing little Easter eggs into the series. I mean, with enterprise, because it takes place before everything else, they, they had a little bit of a difficult way of continuing story. They had to come, they had to go back to the beginning and and you have to figure out how things are discovered and how things are worked around. So it was interesting to see something that's from the star Trek that we all know appearing in enterprise. in a different way like something that we would not expect we would not expect the borg to appear in enterprise because the borg doesn't appear until next gen way later right right. so it was kind of like a a nice i think surprise not for them not a great surprise for them of course (laughs) but yeah there were those assimilated oh yeah absolutely which oh god how painful must that be just the nanoprobes slowly taking over and the voice in the head of just uh right but, and him saving himself with the radiation also said you know why is that not on file to where when this happens later why is there not a way to i mean i guess you can use the excuse that the nanoprobes would assimilate to or find a way to right you know react differently to the radiation after a while but I, you know 
that should be on file like hey this worked maybe use this in case these random creepy assimilating aliens return you know exactly yeah. well there was uh you know a lot of people got up in arms about uh the enterprise episode it's season one episode 19 acquisition where technically in the fir- the for the first time in the timeline we see the ferengi and oh, yeah. uh I think the way that they explain it is that there is a difference between a first encounter and first contact. And so while we don't ever like, we don't ever actually end up speaking their language really, or, um, you know, or at least not until they get the universal translator working. um, Mm -hmm. We don't know what their species is called. There's no sort of diplomatic efforts. It's more of a, Hey, we're just trying to get you to not dismantle our ship and leave right. us stranded here. So that is more of a first encounter. Whereas Picard on the Enterprise D actually makes first contact with them. And then so I guess they're kind of thinking that this would be similar in that why well, I mean, you know, I say it in the in the uh in the recap, you know, the Borg and it's the Borg ship. Mm-hmm. And even as we see them warping away, we see that the ship is starting to take some cube-like shapes to it. Um, which is actually pretty cool, I think, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we don't actually know them as the board. We don't ever see a cube or anything like that. Um, so I think if people would, you know, take this as a first encounter rather than first contact with the board, I think it might sit a little bit better. I don't know. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. The, the nanoprobes thing, uh, I don't know. This is, this is what I, um this is what i equated equated them to was um have you ever had your eyes dilated yes i have that's what if that's how i imagine it is just kind of but like your whole body of just kind of like it's you're getting more light and everything's looking a little bit weird but it's it's you're into and it's like something's wrong but you can't really mm-hmm. put your finger on it I, that's how i frame it in my own head i don't know what do you think being assimilated feels like uh i feel like it would be kind of like not sleep paralysis but something to where where you know you're slowly starting to lose control over your own body i would feel to where like you know how when like your leg goes to sleep or your feet your foot goes to sleep and it's all numb and tingled and like same thing like if, if you sleep on your arm incorrectly and like your arm is numb and then you feel the tingles i feel like that's how it would be but all over to where like it's it's slowly taking over your body and trying to gain control of your nervous system yeah and uh and doing so is causing you to like lose feeling or or get a tingling sensation in certain areas i feel like that's how it would feel like obviously i do not know if that's a fact uh considering i've never been um probed with nanoprobes or anything like that or <laughs> wait wait you assimilated. Haven't, you haven't done that? i've never been assimilated never but you know it's something that i you know girl girl you have not lived until <laughs> i guess not i you know i i guess i need to get that extra package on the next spa day you know hi uh yes i would like the uh, sugar scrub and the assimilation please <laughs> i'll take the man um, i'm gonna, and, uh, gonna i'm gonna yeah not do the facial today and just yeah <laughs> man I, I like I mean, I feel like the most fictional thing about all of this is me actually taking a spa day and <laughs> uh, it's like, oh gosh, this sounds actually really nice if if I could. And then oh. I wouldn't mind being assimilated if, if it was actually like at a you spa. Know, that's the price nice. is like, hey, look, we'll do, you know, the mani, the pay, the facial, the massage, the whole, the whole nine yards. However, yeah, we're all resistance. Yeah. Resistance, resistance is futile, <laughs> but it's like, I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> I'm all right. That'll be fine. <laughs> 
Oh man. Yeah. This is to me, this is so, so much fun just because it connects so many things. I love, you know, sure. this, this show is based off of a timeline that was established um, by the Star Trek chronology project. And if anybody mm -hmm. out there, I've mentioned it on the show a couple of times. In fact, uh, the creator of the Star Trek chronology project will be coming on the show uh, during season three of the, uh, Fantastic. the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to come on and chat with us. Um, but honestly, if you're ever curious about what the, the timeline actually looks like, go to mm -hmm. the Star Trek chronology project. It's a blog, a blog spot entry. Mm -hmm. um, but he has painstakingly detailed out everything in the Star wow. Trek. Yeah. If it's uh Oh, my brain if it, can't. If it is canon, even, yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, it's a lengthy list. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's so much fun, and I I'm really looking forward to uh, some of the other things that we're doing with this show. Is integrating a few of the comics uh, from IDW and oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, if if it ties directly to an episode or a movie, we're going to discuss it. Um, and it's going to be. It's, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, nice. So in addition to being a part of the prodigy crew has, <laughs> has uh, I don't think I'm technically part of the prodigy crew. I'm just technically part of the prodigy ship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm part of the, I'm part of the proto star. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's, <laughs> which is so cool. And, you know, it makes me, uh, I went back and watched a little bit, uh, especially some of the, uh, the intro clips with, uh, you know, um, with your voice featured as the voice of the protostar uh, computer system um gosh how how fun has this been like it's I, mm. what, what what is the what is the day-to-day -day experience like are you recording from home are you going to a you know a secondary yeah. studio or like how does that work for folks yeah well sadly covid kind of put a, a damper on a lot of the I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still an incredibly fun experience and I get to be in Star Trek. How incredibly amazing is that? Right. But uh, COVID did put a damper on a lot of it because, you know, I was I was in Nickelodeon Studios recording the pilot. I was doing scratch vocals for Gwen mm -hmm. when we all got notifications on our phone from the CDC that there would be a lockdown like within a week. Right. And that was the last time I got to go into the studio. Uh, everything else has been from home. So, you know, through Zoom, I've, whenever I record, I have an audio engineer on in Zoom. Uh, I have the Hageman brothers, who are the creators of the show, that, who, by the way, are just incredible. I have Brooke, who is the voiceover director, who, again, I, the whole team in itself, it, like kudos who the universe all of the planets aligned when this team this creative team got together because everything works so perfectly um ben the director i mean all of them are so great to work with but it's so sad that it's through a zoom camera and you know half of them are muted and with their cameras off and i'm just kind of like oh you get you get a different energy and you get a different uh connection with people when you're in studio doing it um all together in one room yeah you lose a little bit of that, uh, you know, personal connection when, yeah. you do it, when you do it through a camera and through, through an internet zoom connection. But right. even with that being said, I, I wouldn't change a thing cause I get to be a part of something magnificent and I'm yeah. so happy. Uh, and you know, a lot of my friends are requesting a red alert, red alert for their phone. <laughs> so I probably should do that sometime soon oh yeah absolutely I, listen <laughs> you just did it here don't think i'm not going to use that <laughs> <laughs> and clip 
<laughs> no, but uh, yeah, this has been um, such an interesting uh, prodigy is, I, I mean, I, I watched the first episode. Um, well, the first episode, which was a two-parter episode you know, for the, yep. for the premiere. Absolutely. And um, I, I, you know, I sat, I knew nothing. I, I had no idea what to expect mm-hmm. and sat down, watched it and was just kind of like, okay, this is, this is something that has this not is been new. done before. This is right. brand new. This is new. And then I was like, okay. And then, you know, the next one came around. I was like, all right, let's watch this one. And then, you know, and then the next week was kind of, uh-huh, let's watch it again. Yeah. And, uh, and by the it, end of that fifth episode, I'm just kind of like, okay, when is it? And then when I, ca- I came back, I didn't realize that it was taking It was going to be a break. break. I know. <laughs> and I, I came know. back, I was like, no. <laughs> no spoilers, Todd, but yeah. uh, I cannot wait for the world to see episode six. I mean, honestly, the story and everything gets so good um, throughout the season, but I will say knowing what I know of uh, what the next episode has in it, I have a feeling Trekkies everywhere will be very happy Uh, just because it, it's going to feel like, uh, I I can't say anything. I'm I'm probably going to, well, actually it comes out in a few days. So yeah, uh, this will yeah. drop on the third. So right. So it'll be coming Is out. Is there anything Janu- you can tease without getting your January 6th? Yeah. I can tease that you're going to want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, presumably this is taking place after, I mean, it's definitely taking place after Voyager. Um, right. So I think that's safe to assume. So, I mean, the entire Star Trek history could potentially be in the USS Protostar's databanks. Um, so they have access to any of any and all of it. So I mean, could, in, it, in terms know, of the history, sure. it can go anywhere. But because this is such a new adventure, they can go anywhere. <laughs> like they exactly. Can do anything. It's it's amazing to me too that you know the, the episodes that have dropped, how their episodes are 22 minutes long, which most Star Trek we have in live action is, you know around the 45 mark yeah, yeah it's incredible how much story they put into 22 yeah. minutes that i'm i'm blown away by how action-packed it is how much character development uh how much heart they're putting into it it, it the writers are so good yes they're so oh. good i uh you know i was having this a very similar discussion about uh lower decks Oh, yeah, Lower Decks is great. Lower Decks so is many so Easter much fun. eggs too. It's kind of yes. like a love letter to Trekkies. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you ever want this to happen? Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I described it to somebody as, uh, again, being a big Batman fan. I was like, you remember when Leg- the Lego Batman movie came out and it had all those Easter eggs from the comics and the movies and the shows? And it was really like, it was the Batman movie for Batman fans. Right. That's what Lower Decks is for Star Trek. It's it It's got everything that, you loved about Star Trek and so much more because again, you know, with that shortened uh, runtime, they are packing so much in character wise. And that's, I think that's what I'm really digging about Prodigy and Lower Decks, you know, in the animated, um, you know, in the animated column of Star Trek is that, uh, man, they are just really packing it in, in terms of streamlining the process of storytelling and character development and, and just, I'm hook, line, and sinker. Like, I am in. I am in on Prodigy. And uh, I can't wait for it to come back. I, and if you if you haven't, by some chance, if you haven't seen Prodigy, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Press pause. Go, go watch Prodigy because it's amazing. Um, 
So uh, any other thoughts about uh, regeneration? I know we haven't really talked about the episode that much. (laughs) Oh, well. uh... (laughs) Well, uh, let's, you know, just, uh, you know, get into it just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we feel about Archer making the decision to pull the trigger and send some torpedoes and, you know. Yeah, I feel like. um, It's a tough call to make. It's a tough call to make. And that's what that's what a captain has to do you know he he had to make the executive decision of seeing that there was no hope in that scenario yeah when it comes to making those kind of decisions you know you see that in every series how the captain has to make those life and death you know no time to waste decisions and this one i feel was one that he had no choice in the matter really you know it's it's Oh, it was messy, you know, and that's something that, you know, I'm glad I would, I don't think I could ever be a captain making those types of decisions day to day because, you know, that's something you have to carry with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we've seen, you know, here again, here getting towards the end of season two of Enterprise, we've seen where Archer has actually had to make some really tough calls as captain Mm -hmm. of like, hey, we're going to help this species or, hey, we're not going to help this species. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that there is no prime directive as of yet, as of, you know, right. the narrative, the narrative, as it stands at this point, there is no prime directive. So I feel, you know, and I've joked <laughs> to no end at uh, Starfleet, basically like, okay, here's your ship. Here's your crew. Go have fun. <laughs> Let us know what breaks <laughs> we'll yep. fix it for the next crew. Um, but, you know, this is, this is one of those instances where it's kind of the, the Borg are such a strong villain. Uh, villain protagonist or antagonist uh you know all of those things that it's kind of like there's no there is no time to really sit and ponder what what are we going to do it's hey play play the cards you're dealt and let's go on to the next hand and it's after two or three hands of losing it's like okay we're gonna have to go all in yeah go ahead fire torpedoes that is a tough call that's a really Mm -hmm. tough call and i feel like um you know, we've we've given uh, Scott Bakula a fair amount of grief for uh, <laughs> some of the things he's done and said on the show thus far, and uh, and not just him. Everybody's had some eye eye roll inducing moments on the show. This is a this is a quantum leap podcast, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, this I I got to hand it. I got to really hand it to uh, to Scott Bak. Well, the entire crew, but I'll say Scott Bakula just because it, it uh, he does stick out uh, prominently, especially right off the bat, of coming across as very captainly and and you know that solemn mm-hmm. that very solemn duty that you mentioned of like this. It takes a lot. It really yeah. takes a lot. And you know, kudos to you know. Speaking of the character Archer. You know, he started this voyage a little more than a pilot, and he has been asked to do anything and everything under the sun, including prison breaks, mm-hmm. diplomatic uh, entanglements, and and here we go. Oh, and deal with the Borg while we're at it. Like, so mm-hmm. uh, from a character perspective, he's done a really, really great job. And and I, mm-hmm. I uh, you know, as much grief as uh, Enterprise catches from time to time from, uh, from fans, I, this is a really solid episode. Uh, especially if you watch it juxtaposed with First Contact, direct, directed by Jonathan Frakes. Um, so uh, let's get into uh, the segment that we have lovingly called Who Do We Blame? Uh, this episode was written by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong. Their last episode was season two, episode 16, Future Tense, uh, which we discussed on episode 38 with Mr. West Teasdale. 
This episode was directed by David Livingston, who his uh, last episode was season two, episode 18, The Crossing, uh, which we discussed with uh, local artist J. Chris Campbell back on episode 40. And uh, the guest stars, we've got a couple of uh, regular guest stars, Mr. Vaughn Armstrong again as Admiral Forrest, Jim Fitzpatrick, uh, former footballer, Jim Fitzpatrick as Commander (laughs) Williams. His last appearance was season two, episode one, Shockwave, part two. And we discussed that on episode 23 with Mr. Gary Horn. And uh, but most interestingly is uh, Miss Bonita Fredericy, I believe I'm I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Bonita Fredericy as Rooney. Uh, she did two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as Mrs. Finkel, if you're familiar with that character in 1999. Uh, she's done episodes. I always like to point out the uh, the the sitcoms. I'm a big uh, stand-up comedy guy, so a lot sure. of those uh, folks uh, make appearances on those sitcoms. Uh, she was on Drew Carey Show and Third Rock from the Sun, Becker, Scrubs, Alias, and Angel. Uh, she uh, then was this, her only appearance. Franchise appearance was this episode. And after this, a lot of supporting work, a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of highlights here two episodes of The West Wing, which is a great show. It's so, so well done. Such a great show. Uh, but she played the character of Gail Addison in 2004 and 2006. And then she did 78 episodes of Chuck as General Diane Beckman from. 2007 to 2012 she did six episodes of preacher uh love preacher love that series uh (laughs) as terry loach in 2016 2017 and then she did 17 of the 52 episodes of dwight in shining armor Uh, she (laughs) played the role of nana are you familiar with that uh with that no i gotta go watch that i you know i've fun it kind of looks like, uh, you know, if you're into RPGs and cosplay, it looks like that show would be right up your alley. It, I it mean, looks like a really fun I'm a show. professional TTRPG player. So, yes. Yep. That's, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I got to go look this up. And uh, one uh, interesting little bit of trivia here uh, since June of 2000, she's been married to Mr. John Billingsley, who is. The dog. <laughs> the dog. So uh, that was neat. And it's always fun to see those little personal connections when they pop up uh, yeah. in the cast. And that's so cool. I love, I love all the different characters. There's so many actors in Star Trek that are married to other yes. people in, within the Star Trek franchise. And I love that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, it's always been fun. You know, here we are, you know, 40 some episodes into this show. And basically if you were on screen for half a second, in uh quantum leap you've been on enterprise at least once <laughs> <laughs> there's so many crossovers with quantum leap um but anyways uh any final thoughts about the first contact and enterprise regeneration episode crossover mashup bonnie i will say this it, you know re-watching and recapping it made me definitely want to go back and re-watch Enterprise and actually watch it fully since I, I it's the one Star Trek series that I have not been able to get through the whole series and I, you know I need I really do need to uh, give it a rewatch and and you know what I, it's uh it's a solid series and I'll, I'll even say to myself a lot of people think it's oh he's it's practically flowing through his veins. Like, honestly, I haven't finished deep space nine yet. Like, <laughs> no, it, yeah, you know, there's, it, there's a lot. Totally fair. I know a lot of, you know, Trekkies who are obsessed with next gen and boy Vo- and, you know, or DS nine and never seen Voyager. I mean, I feel like, yeah. and, and people say, Oh, you're not a real Trekkie. It's like, calm down. Like, <laughs> 
Uh, All right, relax. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Calm down. There's, you know, there's, it is, it is what you make of it. And if you're passionate and, uh, you know, a passionate fan of the franchise, then I feel like if you miss this, uh, you know, a couple of little tangents of it, that's fine too. And, and uh, I'm going to give it a rewatch and I'm excited to rediscover it and discover it in its entirety. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much again. Next week, there's nothing. But in two weeks, <laughs> on January 17th, 2022, we will have the first, hopefully annual, Computer Resume Podcast Fantasy Draft, where some of our most frequent guests will be naming their ships, picking their crews, and facing off against each other in a short two-round tournament-style game. And the participants will be from the More You Nerd podcast, Mr. Miles Griffin, from the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA, Mr. Gary Horn, and local photographer and graphic designer, Mr. John Paul Newton and a secret mystery player. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> the judges for this contest will be you, the listeners. So make sure you're following the show on Instagram at computer resume, like, like, share, rate, review, uh, put us in the ears of all your tracker friends and don't forget to vote for your favorite fantasy crew then in two weeks after that so january 31st 2022 on the computer resume podcast season three premiere we'll be joined by adrian from where's beverly the where's beverly podcast a podcast covering star trek picard (laughs) uh, for enterprise Season two, episode 24, First Flight, and episode 25, Bounty. It's a two-parter, folks. In part three of our Cast as Crew miniseries, and First Flight and Bounty are available on Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course, on Paramount+. Plus. Bonnie. Yes. Where can people find your work and support you and all the things that you are doing? <laughs> well, obviously, um, watch Star Trek Prodigy on Paramount yes. Plus. It's actually it's also actually airing on Nickelodeon right now as well. I believe uh, there's a few episodes up on Nickelodeon, so check out the Nickelodeon app, Nickelodeon on your cable box, and Paramount Plus will have all the new episodes um, coming up. So yes, please check it out. Uh, there's five episodes up now. Episode six starts January sixth, so it'll continue from there, and it's. I can't even tell you how excited I am for y- yeah. y'all to discover uh, what's to come. Uh, I, I, you know, I work, I, I work on a lot of different things. Uh, check out my comedy parody band, The Library Bards. Dozens. Uh, you can check all of that out at Library Bards. We have tons of parodies of all different kinds of nerdy fandoms, and uh, for your ear listening worms, uh, that you'll definitely they'll get stuck in your head. I guarantee it. Uh, let, oh gosh, let's see what else. I am currently working on a solo album, a solo jazz album that is nerdy with a touch of jazzy or jazzy with a touch of nerdy, however you want to flip it. Uh, it's going to have a lot of original music as well as different uh, fun nerdy covers like a Star Trek medley, uh, songs from The Princess Bride, The Muppets, um, uh, the the Jessica Rabbit song from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, all kinds of different fun things. So check that out. Uh, follow me on social media everywhere at Bonnie Bell G. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-B-E-L-L-G. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, I guess, Facebook. Find me everywhere. I'm all over and putting up different kind of content wherever you find me. And I am at Mr. Tade Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in 10-4. 
free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop. Our outro music was provided with permission by Drone Node. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn. And I'm Kat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We've probably got some phasers and shuttle pods and we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?